Well, hello and welcome to another episode of A Better Conversation. I'm Gus Simpson, sitting as always across the table from A.A. Ron Couch. How's it going, A.A. Ron? Done messed up, A.A. Ron. Done messed up. Uh, so, uh, man, I don't even know. I, I think we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, anyway, uh, today we are still uh, still in the core four. Uh, this is the, the fourth discipline of our core four. Today we're talking about everyone's favorite, fasting. So in preparation for this, I've been fasting for the last five minutes. Good job. And, Good job. Uh, Everybody, every yeah. fast begins with the first minute. Yeah, I take these, these disciplines very seriously. <laughs> uh, so Aaron, why do we fast? So fasting is a, it's a lost art in our culture and it's unfortunate because um, it's one of those things that uh, I think is super helpful for us. Fasting ultimately in a nutshell gives us um, self-control and self-control is actually a fruit of the spirit. I think one of the things that's easy in our culture is to get caught up in um, just gratifying whatever thing we have. And we have, unfortunately, we have the resources and the capacity to, to gratify those things. I think of like right off the bat, I would, I would, Think of like Jesus when he's in the wilderness being tempted right after he's, right after he's uh, baptized, he goes out into the wilderness for 40 days. And it says that after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, which is a dumb <laughs> doy. Yeah. I don't think you have to say that Holy Spirit. <laughs> I already knew. But anyway, um, so what happens is uh, Satan comes to him and says, Hey, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Now, here's the part that I wrestle with with all that. Like, why is that a problem? Number one, he has the power to do it. Number two, um, he has the desire for it. He's hungry. Uh, number three, it's not gluttony. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. He isn't overeating. This mm -hmm. is just him using his ability to take, seize a moment to create survival for himself. And so what is the problem with that? Well, the thing is, Jesus put himself in a position where he was never going to be, uh, he was never going to do anything where the Lord didn't provide for him. And so what happens, what happens there is we learn that it's important that even when, just because we have the desire, and even if the desire is good, if it's not a godly desire, then it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's important. So self-control gives us that ability. I love, um, I think it was you that put this verse in the, in the notes, Proverbs 25, 28. Uh, that, that was not me. I wish I could take credit. But. Oh, all right. <laughs> it, it says this, it says a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Like, and I love that idea, the, the, the idea that if you don't have self-control in your life, you don't have good boundaries. And we'll talk about boundaries down the road, but mm -hmm. because we live in a culture that says that if you have a desire, you should be able to fulfill it. And this is something that we talk a lot about. This is another place where we see these fingers play out. Um, it is important that we learn how to say no to things. Mm -hmm. That's really critical. And so um, we want to make sure that we are saying yes to the right things and no to the right things. And not just yes and no to good things, but yes and no to the best things. And fasting helps us learn mm -hmm. how to do that. Gives us a way to, to practice that. Yeah. Action. yeah, we don't need food, even though our body says we need food. We don't need food. And that's important to know because when like there's all kinds of things that our body wants us to do that um, we don't need to do. And so having that self-control gives us the capacity to to be able to move forward. Gotcha. So uh, with that being said, uh, then what, what what is fasting? I mean, obviously, skip, you know, skip meals, skip food, but 
you want to dive into that a little deeper, yeah. what that looks like? Yeah, I do. And I, and I'm, let me say this on, on the front end of this, this is a lot like a lot of the topics that we're trying to discuss. I'm not a bona fide expert on fasting. I do have some thoughts on it. Uh, I do have it as a discipline in my life on a semi-regular basis. Um, but fasting in a nutshell is a focused opportunity to say no to something specifically so that we can say yes to something else. And what a lot of churches will do with fasting, and this is a mistake, is they'll be like, okay, we need God to say yes to this thing. And so we'll call a fast, a whole church Mm -hmm. fast, so that God will see that we're really serious. And then he'll say yes to this for us. And that's no different than praying the right prayer in the right way. I mean, it's just another way to demand. We're going going to twist your arm, go on hunger strike and say, give us what you want. I'm not eating until you say, Yes, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. my four year olds good at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hold my breath until I pass out. And and I feel you know, my sister used to do that when she'd get mad. I'm gonna hold my breath until I pass out. I'd be like, Well, <laughs> I'll watch you wake up because it's not changing. But you know, it's one of those things where we we can still try to use any of these disciplines if if they're overextended or left void of the other pieces, Mm -hmm. they wind up becoming something that we try to use to manipulate the will of God. Mm -hmm. And that is where it all falls apart. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't want to do that. It's a focused opportunity to say no to something. And and in in saying no to that, we're going to say yes to something else. Uh, Scott McKnight and his book, Fasting, which uh, actually Marty recommended this book is, uh, you know, we're going to be preaching on fasting. And he was like, you know, a lot of my thoughts come from this book. And so I was like, excellent. Uh, That's excellent. But he says that fasting is whole body spirituality. What that Mm -hmm. means is we are thinking about – our spiritual self and how the spiritual self, like which which part of us leads the charge, our physical desires, or our spiritual desires. And so fasting is a whole body spirituality. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that kind of points back to, you know, I think in, in sort of modern Protestant culture, we've, we've sort of separated the body and spirit in a lot of ways. And fasting seems like it's a, a way to kind of reintegrate that a little bit. Absolutely. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and yeah. kind of why, why that divide may be developed and then why why maybe it's not healthy? Yeah. So, uh, the, the problem is – well, and this is very – it's rooted in Greek pagan philosophy. Uh, it's rooted in dualism mm-hmm. that there's the idea of the cave and uh, was it Plato that came up with the idea of the cave and and the the light and some mm-hmm. some of us the great philosophers have stepped out into the light but most of us let's just we just live in the we see the shadows yeah. yeah and so there's this idea of this dualistic nature of life that there mm-hmm. are there are pieces of us that fit into one category and pieces that fit into another so what happened in the Greek pagan religions is that you go to the temple to worship the god but you don't once you leave the temple there is no there's no obligation to the god so it's not about knowing the god or having a relationship with the god or anything like that it was about appeasing the god so that the god will ultimately do what i want which isn't so far off of western christianity in a lot of respects mm-hmm. it's this we go to church and we worship there and we're serious and we pray and we learn and we get moved but once we walk out of the church there's not a real connectedness to what we learned in our daily lives. Yeah. And so it's this idea that um, 
there's a physical side of us that is a thing. And then there's the spiritual side of us that is a thing. And these are two present realities and neither the twain shall meet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, they're both different pieces of us. And and I would say that fasting invites us to consider the possibility that it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that what we eat, how we take care of our bodies directly affects how we deal with our, um, physical, our spiritual selves. And so like, for example, in Deuteronomy, there's this passage where um, God says to Moses, remember how I had you drink no wine and eat no bread so that you could hear the voice of the Lord. Like there's this interesting interplay between what we're consuming Mm -hmm. as, as nutrients, food, and how that affects our capacity to hear God's voice. Um, for the for the Hebrew perspective, everything that we are is profoundly spiritual, mm-hmm. and consequently, um, fasting is this reconnection to the very spiritual side of our physical being. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, thanks for unpacking that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So fasting is is an opportunity to focus on saying no to something that distracts us, uh, in order to. Um, say yes to something spiritual. Some, so we're saying no to something physical so that we can say yes to something spiritual. Is that is that important to when you're fasting to make sure that you're doing it with the intention of replacing it with something else? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not know. just an absence. Although um, what I would say is, uh, I gotta be careful how I say this because <laughs> it can be overextended. And, and And here's the other thing. When we're having a fasting conversation, it's really funny because people get really weirded out about fasting. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't tell tell me me what to do with my body. Right, right, right. My body, my choice. Well, first of all, not true. It's not your body. (laughs) The Bible says that your body was bought with a price. Plus, I mean, it's just a cultural thing. We we love food. We build build our meetings around food. We build our day around food. We know – I mean, it's, well, it's... in ministry, all my meetings are breakfast <laughs> yeah. or lunch meetings, right? Yeah. Or dinner meetings or yeah. coffee meetings or somebody. And when somebody wants to say that they love the pastor, and I love it when people take the opportunity to do that, <laughs> um, but they always want to bring something like mm-hmm. some, and it's always food. Like it's never, uh, they don't bring me golf clubs, but you know, they bring me food or, yeah. or like exercise equipment, which would be better <laughs> probably. But those, you know, those are the kind of things that it, we do build our lives around mm-hmm. Food and so what we're doing with fasting is we're saying no to something. the The natural tendency is to naturally, uh, whatever reason we're fasting for, in those moments that we want food, that well, why can't I eat? Oh, I can't eat because of this. Mm-hmm. That's kind of innate in the process. Um, and then I will either begin the prayer process with that, you know, pr- coupling prayer and fasting or meditation or something mm-hmm. like that, where I'm focused on. Um, Lord, clean me up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think back, this, this is significant because if you think back to our science conversation with Dusty, which was awesome, what he talked about was science is simply the um, desire to understand and define the natural world. Mm-hmm. Um, the potential in that is to work from the assumption that the natural world is all there is. Mm-hmm. Fasting invites us to consider that there's more to this universe, to our experience than just what we what we physically engage in the world, what this what's natural. It invites us to decide of the two pieces of me, this physical and the spiritual side, which one rules the day. Mm. Um, which one gets to make decisions for me in my life? Is it the physical side or is it the spiritual side of me? Fasting allows me to have that battle, that conflict come head to head. Mm-hmm. And we get to decide which one wins. 
Mm, so that's the, good. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, because it's not it's not about the food, really. It's yeah. it's about the decision. Yep. Yep. And, and and we'll talk about this a little bit later. But you know, fasting can be a lot of different things. Um, the danger of saying that is that then people don't ever fast food, which I think is <laughs> fast food. Um, <laughs> as as you take a sip from my McDonald's cup. <laughs> <laughs> I just that hit me. It's funny. Um, but that they we don't ever f- abstain from food, and then. Like food is one of those things that is so carnally central to who we are. Mm-hmm. And so it just becomes really a good practice to to not let food rule your life. But mm-hmm. well, I mean, plus it's kind of in the definition of the word. I mean, to fast means to abstain from food. I mean, that's where we get the, the word breakfast. We right. break our fast. Right, right, right. So. Which I've been fasting for eight hours. <laughs> uh, so fasting denies the distraction that physical things can bring in order to allow us to focus on more spiritual things. That's kind of the the idea. And what I love, um, there's a passage in John chapter four, um, and this is a passage that really has a affected me over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jesus goes to Samaria. They're, they're in the area of the Samaritans. They're walking from the Galilee to Jerusalem. And it begins with this. He goes to Jacob's well and it says, tired as he was from the journey, he sat down beside the well. Okay. So Jesus is tired. He spent his physical energy and he needs some nutrients. So he sends the disciples into town, to the town nearby, to get lunch. Now, here's the math. He sends 12 people for 13 people's lunch. Something else is going on here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he sets this scenario up. So then the Samaritan woman comes and she's getting water in the middle of the day. And there's an infinite amount of speculation about why. Um, there are three or four really good options, but that's another podcast for another day. Um So she comes, he says, give me a drink. And she's like, why do you talk to me? I'm a Samaritan woman and you're a Jewish man. Uh, All these things don't add up. And he talks about living water and she's like, wow. Uh, And then he says, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. He says, you're right. Um, You, you don't, you had five husbands and the one you're living with now isn't your husband. (laughs) And she's like, well, I can see you're a prophet. (laughs) Um, So then she goes back into town and says, Let me come see a man that's uh, show, told me everything I ever did, um, which isn't true. He only told her the things that she defined herself by, but that also is probably another podcast for another day. But um, th- this is something that it gets really interesting. So Jesus has this whole interchange with this lady, and then it's, the disciples come back, and it says that just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking to her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the people and said, come told me a man that I, uh, told me everything I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. And then it says this. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, Rabbi, eat. So apparently they're recognizing like, you need to get some calories in you. You look tired. You <laughs> look a little hangry. Jesus. Yeah. You <laughs> You're not yourself when you're hungry. Eat a Snickers. Um, but they're they're recognizing that he needs food. And it says in verse 32, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. So this this Jesus has this spiritual connectedness within himself that I don't think is Messiah. It like he only had it because he was Jesus. I think he had it because 
he had trained his body from day one to be a part of this regiment of spiritual awareness that he's so spiritually in tune that when his spiritual self is filled up, his physical self is actually filled up. Mm. My food is to do the will of the father. And I, I think that's pretty profound. That scripture has been particularly important to me in my own fasting journey. Um, when we were fasting about coming down here and planting this church, one of the things that happened was um, we were uh, fasting for, I had planned on fasting for 40 days. I don't know why I picked the number 40. I just thought that was spiritual or something. <laughs> so yeah, we've, so we I was planning on going for 40 days and um, about six days in, uh, I was out elk hunting, which we for fasting right during archery season, which during that time period of my life, I was an obsessive archer, uh, love being out in the mountains, love hiking around, love hunt, hunting elk and all that stuff. And it just being in the woods is generally a spiritual experience for me anyway, but I had been fasting for about six days and, um, I was sitting up in the mountains and sun was coming up, just coming up. And we were listening to these elk bugle way down in the valley and we're calling. And it's just this really pristine experience. It's just beautiful. And you're painting quite the picture right now. It I was, was going to say it's very, theater of the mind. Very like, vivid. It was yeah. a very vivid moment for me. And I'm just sitting there talking to the Lord about, you know, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go? Do you want me to stay? How does that look? And, and what's the implications of all of that and protect my family? You know, some of those concerns of protect the transition and all of that. And I remember the Lord said two things to me. He hit me with two things. One was this passage in John chapter four. My, my food is to do the will of my father. And I thought, you know, I want to hunger for God's spirit the way that I've hungered for food mm-hmm. in the last week. And the other thing he hit me with is, why are you still fasting? It's, <laughs> it's not like on day 30, I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> you know, he had been so good and so gracious to me to be clear, because I'm really not that bright. So I, he needs to hit me over the head with a two by four over and over and over again. But that was, you know, for me, this passage of my food is to do the will of my father. And I, I wonder like for how many of us, that's not our food. It's not enough to do the will of our father. We want to do it and then have it work out a certain way or do the will of the father and something. We want to have that mm-hmm. and something else. Have and I, your cake and eat it too. Right. And I, I just feel like that's, that's super critical. And so for me, what I've done uh, over the years is I will have seasons of my life where I'll fast for one day a week. Um, sometimes, uh, I like to begin each year with a extended fast, which is a whole separate issue than a daily fast. I mean, it's a, it's a different kind of thing, but, um, like to have a five or six or seven day fast, um, just to kind of point myself to the year and what does God want. And, and when you do that, are you giving up all food for that five or six days? Yeah. Or? So I'm yes, food. Yes. I, I like, I will allow myself to drink some calories in an mm, extended fast. Okay. Um, but those are more like fruit or vegetable smoothies, mm-hmm. uh, no sugars, um, you know, those kinds of, those kinds of things, maybe a broth, like a bone broth or a beef bouillon broth, Mm -hmm. something like that. Something that- nothing solid. Yeah, nothing solid. And and what I can tell you is there is a difference, but it also doesn't. And I know some people, like my mom is hypoglycemic. And so I struggle with that at times. Like Mm -hmm. my blood sugar can crash. What I found is people get scared of that. In my own fasting, I've never had that happen. Even in my 24-hour fasts, I'll cut out all sugar for sure and all food for sure, but like I'll still allow myself water or and coffee because mm-hmm. coffee for me, like I have an intimate relationship with coffee. <laughs> I, I I love coffee um, 
And so the idea of trying to push through a caffeine headache while I'm fasting probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so you've just kind of figured out what, what works for you and for what you're trying to achieve with, with your fasting then essentially. Yeah. And I don't, I I think the, the discipline of fasting, again, it's one of those things that can be so rigid Mm -hmm. that you miss the journey, uh, because you're so worried about doing it correctly. I think the idea of it is what am I laying down? And what am I trying to take hold of? Mm-hmm. And and am I gaining in that combination? So anyway, that's kind of how I fast. And, and then obviously there are seasons where I feel like the Lord is calling me to fast. Like we have a major decision in the church or we have um, uh, a major question or like uh, God, there's, there's somebody in the hospital and we're really shook by this. And so we're going to fast and pray so that we can hear from you on your will. Because again, the prayer is about making my will like God's will. It's about surrender. So I fast and pray so that I can make sure that I don't have any competing distractions so that I can really hear from God. Mm -hmm. It's not about me saying, God, see, I'm really serious about this. Do what I want. It's about me eliminating distractions so that I can hear the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's good. Uh, so let's, uh, anyway, you talked about kind of the way you, you personally fast, uh, just for, for some practical ways for people to take away, what are some different ways to kind of approach that? Just Yeah. So there's lots of different ways to fast. There's lots of different ways to understand fasting. Um, I'm going to say that for the most part, we need to consider a food fast as the general way to fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just. That's what it, that's the that's been the discipline over the years, uh, even in the biblical uh, period. You know, from from Moses all the way to to the disciples, fasting was always about food. Yeah, Moses wasn't fasting from Facebook. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was fasting from climbing up the mountain. Um, but you know that that's the thing that like we we need to understand fasting as a discipline as it was intended to be done for thousands of years. And we're in fasting. Part of that is like we're connecting to this really sacred tradition that's been that has stood the test of time, and we need to pay attention to that. Like we need to. Mm-hmm. We need to think that through. Um, Why has it stood the test of time and what can we learn from that? So I'm going to say as a rule, food is the thing. Um, Now, let me say this. uh, I'll skip ahead in our outline here. For people who have struggled with an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a good point, um, you probably shouldn't fast food. You should probably stay on your regimen of what's bringing you healing and that in your life. And so are there other things to fast from? Yeah, there are. There are. You can fast from technology. You can fast from television. You can fast from your phone. I I know that um, whatever whatever you – as you sit down, sit with the Lord – um, and I would say this is again how these how these practices play together. As I'm praying and worshiping and reading the Bible, like what are the distractions? What are the distractions that keep emerging? Is it television? Is it relationships? Mm-hmm. Like every time that I want to sit down and read my Bible in the evening, I have a friend that calls and wants to go do something. Well, I got to be a person of relationship. Well, that's kind of true, mm-hmm. but um, it's <laughs> you know at what cost? At yeah. what cost? So so there's that piece. Um, what is the distraction and can I eliminate this, that distraction for the purpose of focusing on a more intensive time with the Lord? Mm-hmm. So that's that. Um, I would say there's total fast versus partial fast. And even in the Jewish festival system, there's there's 
ones where we eliminate food, but not liquid. And then there's fast where we eliminate everything, water, food, everything. Like it's a nothing fast. Mm. Um, you get nothing. And those are obviously much, much harder because going without water is way more difficult than going out food. Mm-hmm. And you can only go for so long without water. Right. Anyway, and it's not nearly as long yeah. as you can go without food. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a struggle. Uh, I do think like one of the practices that we think about um, when we think about fasting is the idea of Sabbath, this idea of taking a day of rest is kind of like a mini fast. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a fast from, and Brad Gray is doing a series on um, his teaching series on walking the text right now through the Sabbath. And um, one of his episodes was about how the, the Sabbath demands that we get away from working. So it fights the desire to have materialism take over our mm, heart. Yeah. Like that's part. And that's a, like a fast from materialism is the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And you can go, well, that's dumb. Well, um, but it's important yeah. because materialism <laughs> can consume us, right? Sure. Um, but that's that's one of those things. Um, obviously, again, I would say uh, if you're going to be serious about fasting, consider seriously what it would mean to divorce yourself from your phone for an extended period of mm-hmm. time. Um, that would be because <laughs> technology runs our life. Oh, our, yeah. Our phones run our life. Yeah. Um, then – I would say this quickly. There's a difference between extended fast and, and a routine fast, like a regimen of like a daily fast, a daily fast. Like you can, you can grit your teeth and bear it for mm-hmm. the most part. An extended fast is a different game. Um, I think as, as Richard Foster, he says in celebration of discipline that um, when you're on an extended fast about the second or third day, you turn your head and the world catches up. Like you just don't feel like yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of, um, that's your body. That's your. Uh, he says it's like your stomach being a spoiled brat. Um, yeah, intermittent fasting. People ask me about this all the time. What about intermittent fasting? Well, it's it's such a buzzword right now in right. the health and fitness community. Anyway, yeah. So so here's what I'm going to say. Intermittent fasting is good. It's good for health reasons. Um, intermittent fasting and and the hard part about fasting is we can really blur the lines between spiritual wellness and physical wellness. Like, well, I'll get spiritually right and I'll lose weight. Well. <laughs> Now we're missing it completely, yeah. right? If that so, does intermittent fasting work? Well, I suppose, but if you're going to confuse this with a weight loss regimen, you're sorely mistaken. And for those of you who who don't know what we're talking about, intermittent fasting is essentially when you force all of your calorie consumption into a, like an eight hour window or a six hour window during the day, and then you don't eat during the other, you know, right? Twenty two, twenty four hour, or uh, my math, the other hours of the day. So. <laughs> Can't think of my my feet. Obviously, enough. not a mathematician. <laughs> Obviously, not a mathematician. Not. I, I have done intermittent fasting though, and it does work. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. It is it is a great way to to lose weight. I don't, you know, there's debate about the health of it, but and yeah. I think anyway. Um, <laughs> That's another another that, podcast for the day. For our fitness podcast yeah, that we're the, starting. Yeah. Obviously, we need yeah. to be the a ones who talk conversation. about that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, anyway, so yeah, so uh, fasting is one of those things that you kind of get into and let it grow. And that's um, that's the thing. Like if I was going to tell someone, um, hey, it's a good idea for you to fast, I would never say the – and so the first thing you do is go on a week fast. Mm-hmm. Like do a 12-hour fast and let it grow or do a 24-hour fast and let it grow from there. Um, it's one of those things that I think – my personality, and maybe not not everybody struggles with this, but like I decided to get in shape one time. <laughs> that one time, <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> but uh, I I was I was running, I was jogging to get in shape, and I I was losing motivation. So I was like, I need a goal. I know, I'll run a marathon. 
So the first race I ever ran was a 26.2 mile. It was a marathon. It wasn't a 5K, like that's for sissies or half marathon. Don't ever tell me I'm doing half of anything. Like, so for some people, like when you hear fast, oh, it means I have to fast. Jesus fasted 40 days. I'll fast 40 days. No, fast for a day. Fast for a day and let it, let it grow Mm -hmm. from there. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not used to that, that could be really hard. I remember the first time I think I was in college, I decided to fast for a day. And gosh, I was so done by the end of it. Yeah. It was like one of the, I got, it, it sticks out in my memory today. Like I remember that day of classes and like, well, it, it was, shows us how easily we'll say that we're supposed to be spiritually motivated, yeah. but we're so detuned to our spiritual motivation and so in tune with our physical motivation that oftentimes we're, we're only serving the Lord in the sense that he serves our physical well being, And that's not good. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Well, we're uh, again coming up on the end of our time. Any final thoughts on fasting before we sign off here? Yeah. First of all, I think it's good to have a regimen of fasting. I think it's also good to be sensitive to when the Lord's calling you to fast. I mean, there have been times in my life when we needed an answer and I felt like I just wasn't hearing the Lord correctly. And so um, I was just like, I'm going to fast and pray until the Lord answers. Clear out some space. Yeah. And and he's always been faithful in that. Sometimes it's two days, some days, sometimes it's five days, Some you know. Um, I haven't had to go longer than a week yet. I hope he doesn't ever take me that long. Um, I would also say this, if you're on an extended fast, like after two or three days, the hunger kind of goes away. And so people who do like really solid fasting, like as a, as a regular discipline, extended fasting, what they'll say is fast until the hunger returns. So, and that creates a process by which your body can start to really work on regenerating itself. And, and that's healthy. Uh, you got to make sure that you're okay medically to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, it's, it, I would say this about fasting. It's not for show. Um, Jesus is really clear about that. Like don't fast like the hypocrites. You go, out to, go out to lunch. Oh, sorry. I'm fasting. Yeah. 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 Just, um, just water, please. Yeah. The, the, Oh man, that looks delicious. I wish yeah. I could have that, but man, I'm fasting. Yeah, I'm yeah. fasting right now. Passive aggressive fasting. <laughs> um, don't do that. Uh, that's not what this is about. Um, Philippians 3, 18 to 20. This is actually a great, um, it's a great passage where Paul is talking about people who are struggling and he, uh, who are not going to make it. And he talks about like one of their qualifiers is these are people whose stomach is their God. Um, here's the biblical principle. You are the boss of your body. Your body does not control you. You are not subject to your carnal urges. And the more that we can learn to tune into the spiritual side of ourself, the less that our carnal urges control mm-hmm. us. Um, and that's one of the reasons why fasting is so valuable is because it really puts it in conflict. But, um, your body is used to getting food on a schedule. And so it will get hungry even when it doesn't need the calories. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me personally, I have plenty of energy stored up for my body. I could go for days without mm-hmm. any trouble. Um, <laughs> but my body doesn't understand that. And so it acts like a toddler. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think for me and a lot of people, you know, food isn't. I don't eat always because I need the food. I eat because I'm stressed out. I want, you know, I want something sweet. I want something salty. I want something to help me deal with my stress or anxiety or, yeah. you know, whatever's I'm going on. Yeah. I don't know what else to do. So I'll eat something, which typically is never celery. <laughs> no. It's like a cinnamon roll. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm bored. I'll have three boxes of Mike and Ike's. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, like first Corinthians nine twenty seven, And the problem with that is when you're, when you're, 
not eating because you're hungry, your body doesn't know how to tell you that it's full. Mm -hmm. So you eat way more than you should. Um, First Corinthians 9, 27, uh, Paul says, I buffet my body daily and make it my slave. Like when you force, when I force my body in this kind of habit, I bring all kinds of things into a more moderated and controlled state. And it's not just about food intake. It's about uh, anger and anxiety and, um, all like alcohol consumption or anything else that we're trying to moderate in our life. Mm -hmm. It's a, it brings all of that back into perspective because it develops this really uh, strong capacity in us to say no to the immediate carnal gratification. All right. Well, uh, we'll be talking about that more in church this weekend. So make sure you come hungry. You like that little, little fasting pun there? <laughs> so. <laughs> Spiritually hungry. Yeah. Um, I mean, heck, come hungry too. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have coffee, but no food. Uh, you can uh, submit feedback, suggestions, questions to Aaron at liferotp.com. Make sure you share, subscribe, leave a review. And uh, we, we've hit two milestones this last week, Aaron. I just want to point this out. First, we've exceeded 100 subscribers. Wow. The century mark. Yep, and uh, I was talking about that last time we recorded, remember? So you guys made it happen. And then also, this is really big news. A better Conversation is now ranked number two on the Apple Podcast All Podcast Chart in the nation of Senegal. <laughs> so Hey, if, bonus <laughs> points if you even know where that yeah. country is. And if you are one of our many, many Senegalese listeners, let us know. <laughs> I want to talk to you. I want to know... Wh- how you found this <laughs> that is awesome that so, is so awesome. anyway yeah uh until next time have a great week <laughs>